From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you. And a nice welcome to anyone that's listening on Sports Map Radio. We are now heard on so many affiliates across the country. There so many out there in the great state of Arkansas, Alabama, my home state, Wisconsin. If you're listening on the score out there in Appleton slash Oshkosh, Wisconsin, that's where I grew up. So a big welcome to all of you guys. And we do have a tremendous hour here on the Greg Peterson Experience as we're going to be talking some college basketball here to lead things off. Going to look to warm up with my DK Nation picks. Boy. We had the under in uh, BYU versus Gonzaga, and after an 83-point first half, that does not get there, so I'm going to look to wash the bad taste out of my mouth, and on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at the NFL playoff picture as well with our good friend Mackenzie Kramer over at ESPN. He does a great job with their show, The Daily Wager, and he's in their ESPN stats and information department as well, so... We're going to be looking at those games in about 15 or so minutes. We're going to be taking a look at some college basketball this segment. And right now, we've got to give some credit where it is due because this show, The Greg Peterson Experience, it does not run just by myself because you've got so many graphics if you're watching on YouTube TV, vcin.com, list goes on and on. It is our good friend Nick that does an absolutely tremendous job with all of these. You've got my producer, Jason Kahn. He does amazing work being able to book all these guests and he has to try to keep me online. That is not an easy task, and he does it very, very well. Every single hour of 
the Greg Peterson experience and really everything that we do here on VSIN, whether that be this show, Follow the Money, VSIN Prime Time. You're able to go down the list. They're all posted up on VSIN.com slash podcast. On top of that, it's also on the VSIN Bets Bets feed. And it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever your podcast. It is our good friend Sean that takes care of that. And then you've got the audio. I just mentioned it. We're now on Sports Map Radio, able to be heard, heard all across the country. Taylor is the man that is in charge of that. These men, they do absolutely amazing work, which is why got to get out of the cold funk with regards to these DK Nation picks. As man, once again, a little bit of bad luck. I will give myself that. I would make the same play again. And anyone that also tailed me on Michigan versus Iowa, I mean, man, you, you take Michigan getting five points. They were covering the entire way in regulation. The only time that they weren't covering, about two to three minutes left in overtime. Uh, the, these are some of the, uh, shall we say, pitfalls of handicapping college basketball. You can make a good pick, and sometimes it just doesn't come through, but you got to brush yourself off and focus on the big picture. And the big picture is I think that things get on track here on Friday, and we're going to be taking a look at the smart kids to get us on track. We're... No longer going to be trusting in Gonzaga. We're no longer going to be trusting in BYU. We're going to be trusting in Yale and Cornell, the smart kids. 861, 862 on the betting board. It is Cornell, who is between a 1.5 to a 2.5 point favorite, depending upon where you look. And this total has settled in at a 144.5, opened up at 144. And I like that it ticked up a half a point because I set my total at 138. I'm going to be taking a look at the under with my write-up. And you've got really two extremes in this game. You've got a Cornell team that... They've already put up 100 points on an ACC school this year. If you remember that Cornell versus Yale game, one of the most harebrained games that you are going to see in college basketball this season. Meanwhile, you've got a Yale bunch at, they are such a good and dominant defense. They have allowed 62 points or fewer in 12 out of their 16 games, and they've allowed more than 72 points just once this year. That was honestly recently against Dartmouth. Dartmouth just had a really, really hot shooting night. I was watching that game, and they were hitting shots that they aren't going to hit the rest of the season. That was absolutely ridiculous. And Yale does a good job of being able to contest three-pointers as they rank in the top 65 in terms of opponent's three-point shooting percentage. That is important because Cornell, in terms of percentage of their shots that come from three-point range, they're number 10 in all of college basketball. They aren't afraid to bomb it, and that honestly sets up their two-point shooting. They shoot right around 58.5% on made twos. That is in the top 10 in all of college basketball. But what you notice with Cornell is that they play a little bit more slowly at home and they play better defense at home. They also don't shoot as well at home. Ironically enough, they're shooting about 56.5% on two-point shots when they're at home, 60.4% in a road and neutral court environment. And you've got a Yale bunch that they've been able to travel really well. In terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, this is a Yale team that they rank number 16 in all of college basketball, but in road and neutral court games, they actually rank 13th, even though they give up right around 10.6 points more per one earned possessions when they're in a road or neutral court environment because other teams, they travel, honestly, just a little bit worse. It's very, very hard to go on the road and win in college basketball. We find that out night in and night out, but I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of a control game. It's a Cornell team that... While they are very much a team that is looking to go up-tempo, they rank in the top 45 in the country in terms of possessions per game. Yale's 279th. They've done a good job 
in terms of their defense when they bet at home, allowing 70 points or fewer in six out of their seven games, and they play at a rate of 3.8 possessions fewer in home games than they do in a road slash neutral court environment. So I do think that the up-tempo Cornell Big Red, they're going to be playing a little bit slower in this game. Yale has been a trustworthy defense all season long. My write-up is going to be on the under, and when it comes to Cornell, I did set them as a three-point favorite. Both of these teams have different strengths. I do think that these strengths sort of iron themselves out, and when you're able to give Cornell home court advantage, they should be a three-point favorite in this spot. So being able to get them between one and a half and two and a half, regardless of if you're at the low point or the high point, I'm going to lay it up to two and a half. And with the write-up, we're going to be taking a look at this total under. What else we're going to be taking a look at is the return of the MAC, the MAAC MAC, as we've got a lot of action out there. We also have some MAC action as well, which hopefully we'll be able to hit that a little bit later. But how about if we go with the top team out there in the Metro Atlantic, 871-872 on the betting board, Iona. They play us at Fairfield. The Stags of Fairfield are between a 14.5 to a 15.5 point underdog. Total on this game is ranging between 135.5 and 136.5, and Iona has been a pretty consistent team all season long. They are coming off of a rather bad loss to Quinnipiac. They lose that game by 20-plus points. It was their worst performance of the year by far because for Iona prior to that game, they had scored at least 70 points in every single game this season. They go out there, and they aren't even able to get to 60 in that game. I mean, forget 70. They weren't able to get to 60 in that spot. I do think that they are going to be able to bounce back now. Iona is dealing with an injury to one of their top scorers. That would be Walter Clayton. Clayton has been really, really good at the free throw line at 97.8%. Shoots 41% from three, 16 points, three assists. Arguably one of the best mid-major shooters in all of college basketball. Good news is, you still have Dennis Jenkins, the ultimate stat sheet suffered. 16.5 points, 4.6 rebounds, 5 assists, a block, 1.1 steals per game. Shoots 38.5% from three-point range. He has been terrific for an Iona team that they are one of the best at taking care of the ball in all of college basketball. Iona, 10.5 turnovers per game when you consider the fact that this is a relatively brisk team in terms of their tempo. 123rd in all of college basketball. That's really sinking good. They're going up against a Fairfield team that they don't generate a lot of turnovers in Fairfield. If you were to utilize an animal to describe their play, it would not be a stag. It would be a slug because they are 315th in all of college basketball. In terms of possessions per game, you do have for Fairfield a few guys that are able to throw the ball in the basket, and the biggest guy for them is going to be one of the best names in all of college basketball, Supreme Cook. They are letting Supreme cook as he's been able to give the team right around 13 points, 8.8 rebounds per game, but they just need a little bit more out of their backcourt. Jake Wojcik, two years ago, was his team's top scorer with 13.5 points per game. That fell to 9.5 last season. He has given the team just 4.6 points per game this season and is shooting, I'm not even kidding here, 23.7% from the floor. Not from three, from the floor. He has been absolutely terrible. You got guys like a Chris Madeau, Zach Chrysler, who I was expecting a little bit of something from. They have gotten a complete and utter nothing burger from them. Bryson Goudine, who came in from Syracuse and Providence. He was supposed to be able to elevate this backcourt. He has only played four games this season. Alan Janie Rose has been able to give you right around eight points. Chips in their four boards, but it's been very, very pedestrian for Fairfield. 
You can't play as slowly as they do and shoot as a collective 27.9% from three-point range. That's in the bottom eight in all of college basketball. Got an Iona squad that they're going to be able to do a solid job down low themselves because I mentioned the fact that they are dealing with that injury right now to Walter Clayton, but a reinforcement has arrived for them in the form of Der Derek Jean-Louis. He missed much of their tournament out in Hawaii, the Diamond Egg Classic. He is back in the fold, and he's not necessarily a supreme scorer himself, but he gives you seven and a half points, four and a half rebounds. He has come back, and he has scored a single-digit amount of points in the first two games, but a combined 16 rebounds in those two games. He chips in there two assists, a steal, a block per contest. I like what he's able to bring to the table. Denali Jr. Joseph, he chips in there eight and a half boards, 15 points, a steal, a block and a half per game. So these guys are able to do a nice job. Iona, not a team that's really going to take a lot of threes, but with... Fairfield having Supreme Cook and really nothing else. They should be able to find a lot of open looks in this spot. I do think that Iona, despite the fact that it is a relatively big number, they should be able to get the cover in this spot. I do like him here, and I did set Iona as a 16-point favorite. So even if we go up to a 15.5, I'm going to be willing to lay it. And I set my total at 132. There's just, in my opinion, no way that Fairfield is really going to be getting past 60 points in this spot. It's been really, really rough. For their offense all season long, and I think the Fairfield doomed for another bad showing in terms of the offensive side of things. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under, and I'm willing to lay it with Iona. And I do think that Iona gets back to scoring 70 plus. And then another game out there in the Metro Atlantic. We're going to go through this one quickly. 867, 868. Canisius plays us to Maris. Maris between a four and a half to a five point underdog with a total of 130 and a half. You've got a Maris team that currently ranks in the bottom 75 in terms of possessions per game, and they go up against the Kanisha squad that has given up 66 points or fewer in each other last four games. Kanisha's a little bit more of an up-tempo team, but they've been playing much, much better on defense. Got a Maris team that does a solid job in terms of their interior defense, but I said Kanisha's as a seven-point favorite. Jordan Henderson has been able to give them 13 points per game. I think that Kanisha's is going to be able to control this game against a Maris squad that they have had a tough time being able to get past 65 points doing so just once in their last five games. And coming up next, we go to Wild Card Weekend with our good friend Mackenzie Kramer, Kramer of ESPN. Next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and it is great to be joined by our guest, Mackenzie Kramer, does absolutely tremendous work over at ESPN, does great work with the show, The Daily Wager, and he does amazing work over there with her sets and information department as well. A lot of those juicy nuggets, nuggets that you find, it is courtesy of our good friend Mackenzie, and it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thrilled to be on here. They call this Super Wild Card Weekend, but we got a lot of big spreads this week. I don't know how super it's actually going to be on the field. Well, we're going to be hoping that it's going to be super in the form of the amount of money that it makes for us. That is where we're hoping that it's going to be super. And you just brought it up, the fact that we are going to be having some backup quarterbacks in there. Certainly, we're going to be having that for the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson in the fold. I've yet to find anyone that said, yep, I have a lot of faith in Skylar Thompson in this game. I don't know if you're going to be the first, but we shall see, as this line is currently between 13 and 13 and a half with a total of 43 and a half. And I'm one of those people that I just take a look at the spot and I don't know if I want to lay 13 to 13 and a half with the Buffalo Bills, but getting less than two touchdowns with the Miami Dolphins is a hard pass for me. Game feels like one of the week 18 games, double line movements in terms of like the quarterback play. It's 10 and a half, and it's eight and a half, and it's 13 and a half. And I think it's only going to grow from here. Like, I, I don't see how anybody's going to take the Dolphins in this game. In fact, our ESPN analytics model actually has this as the second most lopsided matchup in any game this season, not just oh. the playoffs, all season, because the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson at quarterback are just not a well-rated team at all. I believe they're 27th in our model. I don't see how this number is below 14 if Skylar Thompson's playing. Plus, Skylar Thompson has a knee injury, so he's not even 100% in this one. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, which I don't think it's going to be, we know how good he is as a road underdog, 20-4 and against the spread in his career, but can he throw the ball more than 10 yards? I'm not really sure if he can. And making matters worse, it's not just the quarterback for Miami. Their offensive line's extremely beat up. Teron Armstead, he's been not really practicing this week. 
Liam Eikenberg, their guard's not practicing. Kendall Land was backing up Armstead. He's not practicing either. I don't see how they block the Bills. You have a rookie quarterback in Thompson who's not even playing well as QBRs in the low 20s going on the road at Buffalo for his playoff debut. I don't see how the Dolphins have much of a chance in this game. I hammered them on Monday at 10.5 because I thought the line was going to get bigger. I bet it again at 9.5. I bet it again at 8.5. Teased them down to 2.5 with those 8.5. I'm still betting it at 13. Someone's got to stop me in this one. This is one of my biggest plays all year at this point. And I also like the Dolphins team total under a lot in this game for all the reasons I just mentioned. I've seen 14 and a half. I've seen 15 and a half. I like both of those. And I've even taken some props in this game. James Cook over 35 and a half rushing yards. I think this game is going to be a blowout. And I think later in the game, the Bills are going to be running the ball. And I think they're going to give their rookie a decent workload. So 35 and a half is a pretty low number. Cook's been extremely efficient this year. And I kind of like Cook to lead the entire playoffs in rushing this year. I've seen that number around 34 to 1. The Bills are going to get one extra playoff game than the Chiefs or the Eagles if they make it that far. Obviously, the Chiefs can't make it that far with the Bills. But I think there's a little bit of value in that number. Cook's been playing really well down the stretch. If you get four games from him, most of the top running backs in the NFL aren't on the best teams other than Christian McCaffrey, who does a lot of his work through the air. So I think there's a little bit of value on Cook there. So I am all over the Bills in this game pretty much every way you can think of in this game. 40 hours ago at DraftKings, this was a line that was nine. This has moved just all over the place. It is absolutely insane, and you just mentioned it. Skylar Thompson is going to be going out there for the Miami Dolphins at a less than 100% Skylar Thompson, number 246 draft pick in this year's NFL draft, and I will say I didn't think that he was that great at Kansas State either. So, yeah, that's relatively rough. Any more promise for the Baltimore Ravens as they are not going to have Lamar Jackson in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals and has resulted in this being a Bengals line of 9.5. But what I do take a look at with the Ravens is prior to Week 18, they'd allowed 16 points or fewer in each other previous four games. If you take that logic and if they give up 16 points, you need just 7 points from the Ravens to be able to cover this number. And I do think that out of these two teams that are so grody and are going to have a backup quarterback... There's a little bit more with the Ravens as long as you get Tyler Hundley out there. Well, you mentioned the defensive stats. How about the offensive stats? They've had, I believe, seven, six straight games with 17 points or fewer. This Ravens offense, I'm not really sure how they score in this game. That's really the biggest thing keeping me away from the Ravens in this game. This is typically a spot where you want to look at the Ravens. They've been extremely good as an underdog last five years, 17-4-1 and one against the spread. Technically, they covered last week against the Bengals. The supposing line was 11 and a half, though. The Bengals covered most of the numbers that week. I don't really know how they score in this game, though. If it's Anthony Brown, his QBR this year is nine. Like, nine. It's the worst out of any quarterback who's played any reasonable amount of time this season. And Tyler Huntley, who it looks like he might actually be trained toward playing. He was throwing a practice today. But how is he going to look in a, in a playoff game in his debut with an injury to his throwing shoulder? I'm not totally sure on that one. Don't know if I'm going to get on the Bengals laying the points in this one. I did tease them down to two and a half when that line was eight and a half. Now at nine and a half. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that one. I might take, I'm definitely not taking the Ravens, but I might be laying the points in the Bengals in this one. Uh, I do also like the Ravens team total under. That's kind of the way I'm looking at this game. I don't see it. Like I've said several times from this spot. I don't see how the Ravens score in this game. 14 and a half, 15 and a half points. I like the under in that spot. And uh, that's so hard to go with take these big underdogs at wild card weekend. One of my favorite trends this week, which also applies to that Bills Dolphins game, and also apply to another game this week, is wild card weekend. Home favorites of at least nine points, 11 and 0 against the spread in the last 30 years. So we have three of those this week. And honestly, I kind of like all three of them. And obviously, I've said the Bills is one of my biggest plays all year. So that's how I feel about that game. 
Yep, with the Buffalo Bills, they certainly should be able to run rough shot there. I just want to see if we're able to get Hundley or not because I do think that with the Baltimore Ravens defense, it's looked a little bit more respectable. And we've seen this total come down to about a 40 and a half. What do you make out of this? Because I do think that people are starting to buy in on this Ravens defense. And also, we've been mentioning it with the backup quarterbacks. Obviously, not having Lamar Jackson out there should, rightfully so, cause this total to plummet. Yeah, I would definitely lean on the under in this game. Like I said, I like the Ravens team total under in this spot. And honestly, the biggest thing preventing me from taking the Bengals in this spot, other than the fact that I normally like to take underdogs in division of playoff games, eight and two against the spread when divisional opponents meet in the playoffs, the underdog goes eight and two. And I've mentioned the Ravens against the spread, but I, the Bengals offensive line beat up right now. They're, it's been trending the wrong direction for a couple of weeks now without Lyle Collins, without Lars Kappa. I think they might struggle a little bit to put up points against the Bengals, de- uh, against the Ravens defense. So hardly in the under in that spot, but it is a pretty low total for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase that offense. Well, you know what? I think that we should, for part number two, save more of the tight spreads that we're going to be seeing, in my opinion, the more exciting of the three games. And take a look at now what is going to be leading off Super Wild Card Weekend with the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. And honestly, I feel like we lost with this matchup a little bit because either the Packers or the Detroit Lions, I felt like would have been a little bit more of a formidable opponent. I am a man from the great state of Wisconsin and... The Green Bay Packers watching the end of that game. The only reason why I was happy is because I faded them because I've been fading them all year long because they weren't a very good football team to start out with. But that said, with the Seattle Seahawks, right now they're a 9.5 point underdog. Toronto's game is 42. find it a little bit perplexing that this opened up at 10. It was 10 for about 48 or so hours. It has come down to the 9.5 that we're seeing right now because... I don't know a lot of people have taken any sort of a shot whatsoever on the Seattle Seahawks, and I am not going to be the first to do so. And we saw the two regular season matchups, 49ers, covered both meetings, both games went under the total, meaning the team total under hit for the Seahawks in both those matchups. And that's kind of how I'm looking at this game. One thing that Doug Kazarian, one, one of the hosts of Daily Wager, that he's kind of taught me over the years I've worked with him, is if you have a – try to isolate exactly what you want when you're trying to bet on a game. And in this spot – what I want to bet on is I want to fade the Seahawks offense. I don't see how they're going to be able to block the 49ers front. If they throw short passes, the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL at stopping short passes. They're fourth in EPA to play uh, for the season on defense. And uh, I don't see how Seattle's going to score that many points in this game, to be honest with you. Under 15 and a half points is the team total. Don't know if I want to lay a big number with Brock Purdy in the playoffs. You mentioned Skylar Thompson's draft position at 246 overall. Well, Purdy's Mr. RL. So <laughs> I don't know how he's going to do it in his playoff debut. But at the same time, it's also Geno Smith's first career playoff start. So I'm not sure if I totally trust him either. And I definitely like the Seahawks team total under. I would lay the, the points with the 49ers who had to make a spot in this game. So kind of like all three big favorites this week. But again, this is another spot where I'm looking at the underdog and I'm wondering how they're going to score. score. So I'm just going to take the team total under. And that's how I'm going to play that game. And in terms of this game as well, it's a narrative that has been brought up on a lot of shows, and it's one that I've been bringing up as well. Do you put any stock into the whole, oh, it's hard to knock off a team three times. It's hard to cover three times against the same team because I look at this specific matchup and the uh, Seattle Seahawks, I've seen all three quarterbacks that the 49ers have trotted out there. And I mean, their most successful one was defending Trey Lance, but Trey Lance was only out there for about a drive and a half. The way I look at that kind of stat is if you're good enough to beat them twice, you're probably good enough to beat them a third. Now, historically, in the last 20 seasons, when we've seen, we've seen playoff rematches, 
for teams to win and cover every regular season meeting, whether that's one or two meetings. They're 40, 50, 40, 54, and three against the spread. So that would lean towards Seattle in that spot. But I'm more of the belief of if you're good enough to beat them twice, you're probably good enough to beat them three times. I'm not sure if I buy that uh, in terms of the narrative that it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Now, granted, it is a big number, so it's a little, little hard to lay that many points in this spot, which is why I like to isolate the Seattle team total under, but I don't really think they're going to win this game. In fact, I even put the four downers pretty line on a couple parlays this week as well. And a big number is also the number of yards needed for the field goal to knock off the the Giants when the Vikings played them the first time. So we're going to be talking with Mackenzie Kramer of ESPN next about that Giants versus Vikings game here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest line odds and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers does have you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. It's a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Being rejoined by Mackenzie Kramer, does great work over at ESPN with their show, The Daily Wager, on top of that. The stats and information department over there. And Mackenzie, let's take a look at Vikings versus Giants. In my opinion, the most properly lined game in this entire week because the Vikings, they just keep winning all these games by three points. And here they are, a three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings with a total hovering between about 48, 48 and a half, depending upon where you look. Where do you stand on this one, Mackenzie? Because I'm getting more and more drawn to the Giants side. I would love for this to get to three and a half. I am sure that this is not going to get to three and a half, though. Meanwhile, at two and a half, I could probably begin to see a little bit of value with the Vikings, but I just keep on banking on if the Vikings win this game, you still probably get a push if you take the three because they just seem to do nothing but win three-point games. I could basically just repeat what you just said because I have a very similar take on this game. I think three is the perfect number for this game. I mean, we saw the first meeting in by three. Every Vikings game seemed to be a one-score game, especially when they're a winning side. This one I moved to two and a half. I could see myself taking Minnesota. If it moved to three and a half, I could see myself taking the Giants. Like it's, it's that much on the margin where I think three is such an important number here. It seems like everybody's in the Giants, and I kind of get it. They outgained the Vikings by about 100 yards in the first first meeting now the defense is a lot healthier than this meeting they got a lot of guys back both in the defensive line and the secondary meanwhile the vikings offensive line is pretty beat up right now that could limit the vikings offense the only play i've made and it's a really small play in this game is the vikings team total under 24 and a half kind of lean the under for the game as well but it's it's hard with these two teams the vikings defense it's so hard to trust their defense in this one but vikings team total under 24 and a half i think their offense could be a little bit uh could struggle a little bit more against the Giants front seven, which has played a lot better of, of late. And the other bet I made on this game as well is on Daniel Jones to lead the NFL in passing yards this weekend. I saw that 25 to one from the, have the most passing yards in wild party weekend, which was stunning to me in a slate with six games on it. So 12 quarterbacks were playing. He was 25 to one, 334 yards in the first meeting. The Vikings had one of the worst pass defenses in the entire NFL this season and almost every metric you can think of. So that number kind of stood out to me, even though I kind of leaned the under a little bit in this game, I couldn't pass up that number. So I'd give me the Vikings team total under and a little bit on Jones to lead the NFL in passing yards this weekend. And Danny Dimes has really been able to come on this year. It's just been a case where 
the biggest thing that might be ailing him is the fact that the Giants, if they don't have the worst wide receiver core in the NFL, it's certainly in the bottom three. And what he's been able to do is pretty much turn lemons into lemonade at this point. So I've been very impressed by him, and he is going to be probably getting some nice money here in the offseason. When it comes to the offseason of Tom Brady, that is a big old TBD. But what we do know is that he is going to be in action on Monday against the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a line that has started out with the Cowboys being a three-point favorite. Now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you make out of this game? Total is about a 45-and-a-half. We've seen the Cowboys' defense really regress the last month of the season. Dak Prescott, he has been creating more turnovers than Sarah Lee's bakery over last month. So good on him for that. But what do you make out of this game? Because with the Buccaneers... I just am not sold on the team because they haven't been good all year long, but this Dallas Cowboys team is in terrible form. Such a trippy spot for all the reasons you just said. If you look at the season-wide numbers, like this number should probably be bigger. Our, our ESPN analytics number has this number at six. But if you just look at the last four games where they lost to the Jaguars, allowed, four, allowed 34 points to Gardner Minshew and the Eagles, they weren't impressive at all against the Titans' backups in essentially a preseason game. And last week, they're blown out by Sam Howell. So it's so hard to trust Dallas right now. And I would like to trust Dallas. I have a pretty nice future number at them that I bet earlier this season. But I think two and a half is probably the right line in this one. I took a little bit of three earlier in the week just because I didn't think that that would last in favor of Tampa, though I'm not sure if I, I definitely wouldn't bet Tampa at two and a half. I would need three. I have a small lean on the under 45 and a half in this game. I think both these coaches like playing low-scoring games, especially the uh, the Buccaneers with Todd Bowles. And I kind of like the first half under as well, so that way it gets you away from that Tom Brady late-game magic we've seen happen so many times. But my main play on this game is on Buccaneers teasers. At two and a half, get that up to eight and a half, or you could even find a three and get that up to nine. But to me, this is going to be a really close game. I don't see either side winning by margin in this one. I tease them with the Bengals at two and a half, with the Bills at two and a half earlier in the week. Right now, the best teaser line is probably the Jaguars at two and a half, which I'm sure we'll get to shortly. But I mean, it's so hard to bet against Tom Brady, though. He's never been a home dog in the playoffs. But he's seven and three against the spread as a dog in the playoffs. We know how good he's been as a dog in, the, in this career. The one trend with Brady that kind of stands out the, in the wrong direction is that he's been really bad in primetime games recently. I believe he's two and 16 against the spread in his last 18 primetime games. I don't have that number in front of me, but I know it's been really bad recently. But, you know, Brady in, in his primetime games, old guy, he wants to get on his proper sleep schedule. So maybe that's a slight issue, but. Um, I would lean Tampa teasing him up to eight and a half, but it's, it's a pretty tight line in this game, just as all these lines are pretty tight. Yep, he needs to sort of backload on the avocados to be able to get prepped for those primetime games, and apparently it must not be going well for them. And much like end of games has not gone well for this franchise in recent years. The LA Chargers is who we're talking about. They are going to be on the road facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You said we were going to be hitting this game soon, and You've got to hit it because the Chargers are two and a half point favorite, the total of 47 and a half. And I believe that the Chargers have more talent. I think that they're the better team. I can't take them with Brandon Staley being their coach, though, especially against someone who has won a Super Bowl and Doug Peterson and this Jacksonville Jaguars team. They come into the playoffs pretty much the second oddest team out of all of them because obviously with the 49ers having that 10 game win streak, hard for anyone to be hotter than that. But the Jaguars, the way that they had to go on that run, to be able to make the postseason, I believe that they had to win five straight games and six out of their last seven. That stands out to me, and I like taking teams in good form coming into the playoffs. 
The other thing, too, with Jacksonville is that this is a young team with a second-year quarterback that most of these guys haven't been here before in terms of the playoffs. So I think getting a spot last week against Tennessee, which is a must-win game, essentially a playoff game, starting their playoffs last week, they looked you know, pretty ugly for most of that game. Kind of needed a miracle late to pull that game out. But I think that could kind of relieve some nerves in this game. I think these teams are relatively equal. So I was pretty surprised that the Chargers are road favorites in this game, flying all the way from California to Jacksonville. In fact, our ESPN analytics model thinks the Jaguars are slightly better on neutral, and they think they should be favored here. And I'm kind of the same way. I think this should probably be Jacksonville 1, 1.5 maybe. So I have a slightly lean toward Jacksonville in this spot. I also kind of like the under 47.5. Like, I think that both these offenses could, could go on pretty long drives and kind of stall out in the red zone a little bit. I think the Chargers can have some, some success in the short passing game, but maybe not create those big plays, especially if Mike Williams is banged up because for whatever reason, the Chargers played their starters for – half the game last week or three quarters of the game last week. And some of them the entire game, obviously Williams got hurt in that game. We're waiting to see if he can play in that game, but he's out. That kind of helps the under a little bit more and the Jaguar side a little bit more in that one. Um, and it's also just a weird spot for Jack for the Chargers. Like I said, flying from LA to, to Florida on a short week after playing an altitude last week. I know they didn't play the entire game, but they played most of the game. I know it's tough to, to take the Jaguars since their numbers might be a little bit inflated from playing that AFC South, but like you said, the Jaguars have a better coach here, and, and and Doug Peterson over Brandon Staley. So I think a lot of the 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 a lot of the, the variables kind of point toward Jacksonville in this game, and that's the the way I'm playing this game. And I also, like I said, teasing Jacksonville up right now. You get that three, you get the seven. I'm a sucker for the Stanford long teaser, so I like Jacksonville like the under in this game. And just a little bit of a follow up question with this game, but it really applies to all of them. What do you make out of the fact that all six games in this wildcard weekend involve rematches and just sort of the timing of some of them? Because the last time the Jaguars and the Chargers played, the Chargers got completely thumped at home. But that was, I believe it was something like week three, week four of the NFL season. So that was almost ancient history at this point. But I still think that it should amount to something in this game. And that was a strange matchup, too, because we didn't know Justin Herbert's status all week. That line was fluctuating all week. It closed six and a half, but I believe that was down to three at parts of the week when we weren't sure if Herbert was going to play. So, I mean, that's been the issue with the Chargers. All, I mean, the Chargers have many issues, but one of their issues has been health all year. Justin Herbert was dealing with injuries earlier in the year. They had a lot of defensive injuries. I mean, they're as healthy now as they've been in a while, but... Again, they're just such a hard team to trust in this spot. So in terms of in terms of your actual question, though, so maybe I'll try to answer that. I think that in some cases it can matter, the divisional rematches. Like I kind of like looking at the underdogs in those spots, even though I'm not really taking them this week. But typically that's a spot where I like to look at it. The Bengals-Ravens game is pretty interesting just because they played last week. So neither team really showed that much in that game. Cincinnati might have shown a little bit more in that game. So maybe when you get the, the one-week turnaround, you might see a little bit of that. In terms of the Chargers-Jaguars game, I don't really take much of a week three meeting in this spot. I don't really think that revenge spots are that big of a deal. I think every team's being motivated in this one, and I don't really think that that first meeting really matters that much for the rematch here in the wildcard weekend. I don't think so either. It's going to be so interesting because all these matchups that we've got on wildcard weekend, we've already seen them at least once this year, and we see you quite a bit on this show, Mackenzie, and you always deliver great information, my friend, over there at ESPN. Great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always happy to be on with you. Thank you, Greg. Always great to get Mackenzie Kramer on right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. Says does a great job taking a look at the NFL and so many futures awards markets as well. And coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit of UFC. We go out 
and talk to Dan Stubb of Action Network next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show us and guests. Tools like our betting split set let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down the best bets and all the big game props along with brackets when it comes to college basketball. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up for only $9.99 and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe as 
We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Dan Stupp. He does amazing work over at Action Network. Taking a look at UFC and just general MMA. And Dan, always great to have you aboard. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you. You too. I look forward to another year of uh, talking about fights. Absolutely. And it is a new year. And, well, this is something that we're used to having fights getting canceled because among the uh, fights that we thought we were getting, we pretty much had four get canceled. Three were a little bit more towards last minute. Take us through just what in the heck has happened with this UFC fight card that we're going to be seeing this weekend. And why so many fights got canned? Because it felt like there were a lot of guys that weren't aware that they were supposed to be fighting this weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of an ominous start for, uh, for 2023 with the UFC fight cards. Obviously, we see a lot of changes from time to time. Uh, for uh, the first card out of the gate, though, this one's been hit hard, including the main event, uh, some other key fights. But, you know, we've got, a, I think, a 12-fight card here. So we still got some betting angles. It, it's not the sexiest card. We've got a pay-per-view next week, a little more star power. But there, there's still some solid betting angles here. Absolutely. And this is one that really stands out to me just because it's a rather pick em fight. It's a little bit towards the bottom of the fold. But you've got Abdul Razak Alassane. He's going to be going up against Claudio Ribeiro. Ribeiro's about a minus 115 favorite and got a short round prop. You've got a round prop of one and a half shaded to the under at minus 240. So they're expecting a finish and they're expecting a quick finish in this one. Where do you stand on this one? Because it's a pick of fight and somehow someone's not going to be finishing the end of this one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think they expect a quick one, Al-Hassan. Uh, he, he's won, I think, all 13 of his fights. If he wins, he wins in the first round. Otherwise, he, he kind of loses. I think in a situation like this, I, I like Ribeiro in this matchup. Uh, I, you know, if nothing else, I kind of like the younger guy in an in evenly matched fight. But I, I think he's got ways to win here. I think he's just as dangerous probably in the first round as Al-Hassan. And usually I, I think that kind of evens up the fight odds a lot with uh, his type of fights. Um, you know, they, they think he's got an edge in the first round, so they give him a little more credit than he deserves. But uh, I, I don't think he's necessarily safe in the first round just because he's got, you know, this big first round finisher. So I like Ribeiro here, and I, I think it's a pretty good line on him if you can, you know, find him minus, one, minus 110, minus 120. And then one of the fights on the main card, it's another one that is pretty close to a pick -em. We've seen a little bit of money come in against Raquel Pennington. Pennington going up against Ketlin Vieira. Vieira right around a minus 120 favorite with a round prop. That is super-duper high. We just mentioned it. That we're expecting a finish in the last fight. This is a round prop that the over on 2.5 is between minus 350 and minus 375. This is one of the highest round props that you are going to find. Where do you stand on this fight? Just because I think that it's really, really hard to take a round prop. I think that you just have to pick a side if you're going to be looking there. Just because, man, that, that that's a lot of juice to be laying on this. I was going to say it is a lot of juice until you sit through one of these fights and you're about halfway through and you'll be like, <laughs> you know, the over two and a half hour goes to decision with such easy money. How did I pass this up? But I don't know. I, I think this is one of the reasons uh, I'm kind of staying away from this fight. In situations like this, I usually uh, probably lean toward the plus money, you know, kind of with the women's fights for whatever reason, especially evenly matched ones. Uh, the judging just kind of goes out the window. Even if you think you, you have a clear winner, uh, the judges find a way to kind of mess it up, especially in these women's fights. Um, so I don't know. This one just kind of has, you know, ugly split decision, controversial decision written all over it. Um, but, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily controversial. It's just that it's so hard to, you know, in these evenly matched uh, women's fights to, 
to get one fighter really sticking out as, as the clear winner, so judges could very easily go either way. So I don't know. I feel like Vieira has more ways to win. I feel like she's the better play. But even at minus 120, it just it, it really scares me because I, I really could see the judges botching this one. Yeah, Ben. We've seen judges botch plenty of fights in recent <laughs> years, so I do not blame you there. And this is a complete opposite of what we've been taking a look at because we just took a look at two fights that they've got rather pick em lines, your favorites between minus 115 to minus 120. How about Umar Namagamedov being as high as a minus 1,000 favorite against Roni Basileos? This is really, well, juicy. Is there any way that you'd be able to play this fight just because with Dermaga Madoff, I think that's the right side, but I am not Jones in to lay minus a thousand on any fighter on this card. I was gonna say a minus a thousand. You you're even you know, even the parlay players are probably a little hesitant to throw <laughs> them in there just because you know what it'd be an extra dollar value you you know, you're you're gonna get on your payoff. But I don't know. Honestly, I think it's probably a dog or pass situation. Barcelos uh, you know, a plus 675. I mean, he's still fighting a Nurmagomedov. Uh, obviously, we know uh, they're wrestlers. They're dominant. I, I think, honestly, he's probably one of the more special ones. I, I think there's a lot of raw talent there. Uh, but Barcelos, uh, you know, he's he throws in volume and he's got wrestling. And those aren't bad things to have in a fight, especially a three-round fight. You know, you can win rounds. You can grind out wins. Uh, just on volume and, and stuff. But uh, again, he's got a, a very tough test here. But I mean, if you're going to bet an angle, I'm not I'm not going with the, the minus 1000 favorite on anybody. Uh, things are just too wild in MMA. But and it's not just that you're getting a good price on, on Barcelos. I, I honestly think he's got some skills that, that could make him a live dog here. So at plus 675, he's probably worth a vote. And I know that you've got a few angles on this one. This is one that is going to be on the undercard, but there's money to be made, whether it's the biggest of the big fights or the smallest of the small fights. This is Pasilla Ketchalria, and she's going to be going up against Sajara Eubanks. Eubanks is between about a minus 240 to a minus 245 favorite round prop and is right around two and a half at minus 160. What are you taking a look at in terms of this fight? Because I know that you've got a couple bets that you like on this one. Yeah, this is kind of the curtain jerker for the night. So obviously it's always fun to have action on the, the first fight of the night. But uh, unfortunately, it's going to be action on a fight that's not probably going to have a whole lot of action. It's two very flawed fighters. Um, you know, there's questions about their weight cut. Uh, they both kind of struggle to make weight with Eubank. She's got a clear edge on the ground uh, with grappling. And, and that's somewhere where Kashera is definitely vulnerable. But Eubanks just, I don't know, she doesn't really have that killer instinct. We've seen her kind of just give up and get lackadaisical in fights. Um, I, I, I think at, you know, plus 200, Kashera is definitely a very small play, or very smart play and, and worth a small play. Uh, and uh, under two and a half is, is minus 140, I, I think, in that neighborhood. Usually in the women's fights, you know, the, the finishes, the inside the round prop or inside the distance props. Uh, usually you're getting a little more of a payback, but honestly, I could see this one being over very quickly. I, again, both are vulnerable to stoppages. Uh, both are kind of flawed. You're going to wonder if they have tough weight cuts and stuff. It's just kind of a, a recipe for, I, I think, a finish before this thing hits the distance. So um, I don't know. I like the underdog, and I like the inside the distance props here. Absolutely, and we'll get in our VEASAN pro tip for the hour right now as well. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of these the narrative of a team winning three times in the same year in the NFL, it is a little bit overblown. So do take a little bit of caution when you hear that just 
be pounded into your eardrums throughout the next few days. But let's take a look at this Damon Jackson versus Zan Ige fight with Jackson. A little bit of an underdog. I'm seeing between even money and plus 105 with them with a round prop of two and a half shaded a little bit to the over. What are you saying in terms of this fight? Because with Jackson, he opened up as a minus 145 favorite and everything is coming against him. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think it makes sense. I, I think maybe initially people were looking at the recent results, and I, I don't think they tell the whole story. Ige's on, a, I think, a one and four skid, and and Jackson's one four in a row. But the, the quality of competition is just so different. Um, I, I really don't think you can read into the results too much. Jackson is definitely a flawed uh, fighter, but he's a scrappy fighter. I, I really like Dan Ige here. I, I think you could probably get a much better line live, um, you know, maybe after a round or even midway through the first round. I, I honestly like doesn't go to decision here too. maybe even the under two and a half rounds. I just think Jackson is uh, a live dog or small dog uh, with submissions and Ige can crack. And I think uh, Jackson has proven very hittable. So I, I like Ige here and I like the, the doesn't go to decision at plus money. Absolutely, and I do know that we're going to be in for a much better card next week because this week we had a lot of the top fights not necessarily come to fruition, but Dan, you do a great job of rolling with the punches. You do a great job of being able to break down the UFC. Always appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. No problem, Greg. I appreciate it. Lots of big fights ahead. Absolutely. We do have a lot of big fights ahead. It's going to be a great winter of UFC action. This is just a little bit of the appetizer that we're getting for this UFC fight night, so... Always great to be able to get Dan up of Action Network on this show to be able to take a look at them. And coming up next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, we've got a rather small but a pretty solid college basketball card. So we go out to the Big Ten next, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one-time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Must be 21 around sportsbook. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? 
yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.